I'm a covenant man Living in the riches of my Lord and King I'm a covenant man Committed to Him in everything I do believe He'll come again And I know one thing I'm gonna do till then Is learn to live in the blessing of Abraham Hello everyone and Merry Christmas <laughs> Praise God, I enjoy saying that. <laughs> and depending on when you're watching this broadcast, you could be, because it does air on Christmas, Christmas Eve. Eve, actually. So, yay, we get to preach on Christmas Eve. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hey, this is our time of year. We enjoy it so much. Hey, make that cup of coffee. You know, it, it, just one time, it, you could put a little whipped cream on it or something if you wanted to. Or, or hot chocolate, you know, or... or Hot apple Peppermint cider. mocha. Peppermint mocha. <laughs> anyway, whatever you decide to have, pull your chair up to the table, get your Bible and notebook because we're going to get into some rich things in the Word today. Father, we thank you so much for being able to teach and preach during this season that celebrates the birth, the manifestation of the Word who took upon flesh and came and dwelt among us so that he could not condemn the world but to save it, to produce deliverance and protection and healing and prosperity and everything that a man on this, on this earth, man, woman, boy, girl, could ever need or want is provided through what Jesus did on this earth and what he did on the cross for each and every one of us. We're so grateful. Thank you for the word. Thank you for the Holy Spirit that brings revelation of the word. And we thank you once again for seeing to it that every person throughout this earth has the opportunity to watch and listen to the word, the, the, the preached, taught word of the living God through these broadcasts in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 I just, I believe that you are having a wonderful, wonderful Christmas season. And if you're not, well, set your mind, set your faith, use your mouth, and make it better. Hey, it, it's how you choose to be. It doesn't have a thing in the world to do with your surroundings. It doesn't have anything in the world to do with what you don't have at this moment, what you do have at this moment. Hey, it has to do with how you decide you're going to make it. Praise God. We had some wonderful Christmases when we had nothing, <laughs> and but we've had some wonderful Christmases now that we're doing very well in the things of the Lord and mm -hmm. and and financially in peace and health and and everything. Hey, make the decision. Have a wonderful Merry Christmas. Hey, all right. Now, I went a little too fast last week <laughs> and I skipped a point. We are talking about the word of faith, and is it relevant? in the days in which we live. And we established some baseline about the word of faith, and now we're looking in Matthew chapter 24, where Jesus talks about uh, the, the days in which we're living. And so we started to look at that, but I skipped over something that I should have, I spent a little time on it, but I need to spend a little bit more time on it. And that is uh, in verse six of Matthew 24, where he says, you will hear, and this is the Passion Translation, you will hear of wars and revolutions on every side. Well, with more rumors of wars to come. Well, we're hearing that. I mean, we've, we're, seeing, uh, we're seeing the conflict, the war between Russia and Ukraine, and now there's all kinds of rumors of 
the other wars coming out of that war, even people were talking about the possibility of, oh, we're talking about World War III. That's rumors of wars and actual wars. Hmm. So this is, I mean, he, he's just talking about, you know, the days in which we live. So what are his instructions? Don't panic or give in to your fears for the breaking apart of the world systems is destined to happen. But it won't be the end. It will still be unfolding. Well, why, how can he, and he's getting ready to list out even more <laughs> atrocious things. But yet, how can he say, don't panic or give in to your fears? Well, we're, we've started to get into that and we're going to get into it more today. But I want to, I want to reinforce, I want to impact. This is not the only time he said this. He means this. If he only, if, if he only said anything once, you better pay attention. But turn over to John chapter 14. John chapter 14, there's two different places just in this one chapter. It's the first one's right off the bat. Yep. In verse 1. Verse 1. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house there are many mansions. If they're not, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. Let not your heart be troubled. But it wasn't good enough for him just to leave it there. Look over here at verse 27. Peace. I leave with you. My peace, one translation says, my personal peace I give unto you, not as the world gives, give I unto you. Let, now the understood subject here is you. You let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Now, that is, as I read it, let not your heart be troubled. That's as close to a command as Thou shalt not worship other gods before me. Thou shalt not kill. Well, thou shalt not let your heart be troubled. Neither shall you let it be afraid. Well, how in the world does he expect you? How, how can he expect you to be able to do that? Listing out all those things he listed out over there. Well, he starts off that verse with peace I leave with peace, you. Peace, that's right. Look. He tells you the answer before he gives you the command. Yeah. Skip on down to verse 13, and we'll pick up where we, where we left off. In verse 13 of Matthew 24, But he that shall endure until the end, the same shall be saved. Now, we are going to take um, probably, most likely, the rest of this broadcast on this, um, this aspect of the word endure. Hold on, just put a hit pause. Not don't hit pause on the thing, okay? <laughs> Stop for a second. I want to draw your attention. Why am I talking about this? Because we saw where Paul referred to the word of faith as the gospel. The good news. The good news. The, God, the word of faith is known for teaching prosperity, protection, deliverance, health. All of those things contained in the word salvation, okay? That's what... The essence of the word of faith, as it's known, teaches salvation, <laughs> the actual meaning of the word salvation. Well, you'll notice, I'm going to go ahead and skip and give, give you a little preview here. In verse 14, it says, and this gospel will be preached in uh, all the world and for a witness unto all the nations. So that's, what I'm, that, that's why we're looking so closely at this, this gospel, this word of faith will be preached in all the world. Now in this time amongst all these things, 
And that's why we're looking so closely at this and to, to see, it, is it antiquated? Do we need to get away from the word of faith or do we need to press further in and deeper into the word of faith? That's what I'm wanting to, to demonstrate and teach and settle once and for all so that you can go forth. I encourage you, lay hold of the word of faith. Get deeper into it, not further away from it. That's, that's the essence of it. And now we're going to go ahead and go through why I'm saying that. Because if the word doesn't say it, I don't, it doesn't matter if I say it or not, throw it out. If there's, if there's no precedence for it in the Word, t- toss it out. I don't care what I'm saying. If <laughs> you line up with this, get rid of it. Now we're going to go back and look at that word endure in the 90 verse, 91st Psalm because it's meant to, to work and be lived in in this day and this time. Now, when I said we're going to go into detail in, this, in, in Psalm 91, I want to demonstrate something. And this is what's going to take just a little bit of time, but it makes it so real and so clear and, and it really explains why Psalm 91 is written the way it was. And most people don't have a clue about it. Um, you'll notice here in verse 2, the writer says, I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God, in him will I trust. But look at the way that verse 3 is written. Surely he shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler. Well, what happened? We were just, I will say of the Lord, he is my. He's I, my. What, what, now we're talking about he, thee? What's going on here? Okay, let's look at this. The first verse states the whole, makes the setting for the whole, the conditions for the whole rest of the, of the psalm. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. That's what we're talking about here. Okay? Now, me, Joe Smith on the street, okay? I, it, they make the decision. Okay, that's where I'm living. That's where I'm abiding. That's the place of the Most High. That's where I'm going to be. Now, my responsibility as a child of God is to say, I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge, my fortress, and in him shall I trust. That's what I said as a child of God. It's what she said as a child of God the whole way through COVID and every other part of our life. But people are acutely aware of COVID right now and through inflation for that matter. Okay, now, surely he shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler. All right, I'm going to explain this, and in, in order to explain it, we're not going to read through every verse. I'm going to, i got to show you a couple different verses, okay? So we know there is a change there at verse 3. Of who's speaking. Of who is speaking. Now look down at verse 9. Now we see another, not a change in who's speaking, but a change in reference, okay? He says, because thou hast made the Lord which is my refuge, even the most high, thy habitation, there shall no evil befall thee. Well, that's kind of confusing, isn't it? Well, hold on. Hold on just a minute. Now I'll go down and look at verse 14. Because he has set his love upon me, therefore will I deliver him. Now the deliverer, the one that's doing everything, is talking. So we've got a different person 
speaking. All right, now we're going to put it all together, okay? And I'm going to, this, this agrees with Scripture. Hold on just a minute. I am saying, and the Word is saying, that beginning in verse 3, Jesus himself is speaking. Now, this agrees with the fact that the New Testament clearly tells us that Jesus ever lives to make intercession for us. And he is the high priest of our confession. That's right. So we confessed and he became the priest of that. That's right. He, she can, now you're going to be, you're going to be Joe Smith Christian okay. here. Okay. Okay. So she is going to confess, say with her mouth, he's the high priest. I'm going to play Jesus on this demonstration. Okay. All right. So I'm the high priest of her profession, her confession. If you actually look it up, that actually means saying in agreement with the covenant. <laughs> well, that's a whole different, but don't get me started on that right now. Okay, so you say your part. He is my refuge and my fortress. My God in him will I trust. Now, me, Jesus, is speaking, and I'm going to go ahead and just reference God for right now as up here because I don't have a third person. So, Surely he shall deliver you, because you said this, surely he shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the noisome pestilence. Don't worry about COVID. He shall cover you with his feathers, and under his wings you're able to trust. His truth, his word of God, shall be your shield and buckler. You don't have to be afraid for the terror by the night. Matter of fact, you will not be afraid, nor for the arrow, any arrow that flies by day, any bullets. Don't you don't, don't even be don't even be concerned about it, and don't be concerned about sickness and disease, pestilence that walketh in darkness, nor any destruction, bombs wherever you're living in the world. It doesn't matter. Car bombs don't have any effect on you. That wastes at noonday. There could be a thousand fall at your side. There could be 10,000 fall at your right hand, but it will not come near you. Only with your eyes will you behold and see the reward of the wicked. Because you have made the Lord, which is even my refuge, even the most high, your habitation, your dwelling place, you've decided to live and abide there, there will no evil befall you. Neither shall any sickness or disease or plague come near your dwelling. For he is going to give his angels charge over you to keep you in all of your ways. They'll bear you up in their hands if they have to, lest you dash your foot against a stone. You can tread upon lions and adders, and that includes uh, uh, demons and devils and real ones if necessary. Young lions, dragons, you'll trample under your feet, whatever it takes. Now God comes on the scene. Jesus has been interceding on her behalf because she made profession of the word of the living God. He's interceding. He's saying all these things are going to happen. Now the father steps to the forefront and he says, well, because he has set his love upon me, therefore I'll deliver him. I will set him on high above all these things because he has known my name. She'll call upon me and I will answer her. I'll be with her 
in any trouble, any financial things that Satan tries to bring on her, I'll be with her. It won't be tight for her. I'll deliver her from it, and I will make her prosperous. I will honor her. I will exalt her, and with long life will I satisfy her and show her the demonstration of my salvation in every area of her life. Do you see it? it, it, it hey, you can't, now, now read back through it, and you can't read it any other way. <laughs> it's just, that's, that's what is taking place here. You've got the child of God. You've got our ever-living intercessor, Jesus Christ of Nazareth, who is at the right hand of the Father himself, interceding for us and being the high priest of our professions that come out of our mouth, our professions of faith. And she said it, he's the high priest facilitating it all the way down through there. And then because of his intercession and our covenant, God, the Father, steps up and says, okay, because of all these things, yeah, I'll do it. And I'm going to demonstrate my salvation. <laughs> hey, right here in the rotten here and now, my brother and sister. No right, matter what's going on out there. All these things listed. Everything is covered from disasters to sickness, disease, to poverty, to inflation, to pandemics, to car bombs, to missiles if you live in, in other Just places. Thundering. Thund yeah. Yeah. It's like when your kid is inside and there's a rainstorm going on outside and it starts thundering and the little ones sometimes are afraid because they hear this rumbling. They hear this stuff going on and you say, it's okay. We're in a house. We're safe. That's not going to break through. That's what God is saying. That It doesn't matter all this rumbling that's going on. You're safe. You're in my house. But <laughs> is this just sprang to my thinking we would not too long ago we watched the the classic movie the sound of music and the kids all ran in because of the thunderstorm and she started <laughs> singing my favorite things well hey you can do that but, but thinking about instead of um Raindrops on yeah, exactly. You can be thinking, woohoo, angels pulling me up, ministering spirits bringing me finances. These are a few of my favorite things. <laughs> I mean, come on. Hey, that's what we've got is our whole deliverance package in place. And that's, that's enduring. This is how you endure till the end. Now, there's another aspect of it that I want to get into. And... Man, just that one aspect's enough to just set you set you on fire. Wow, get you all ready. I know. Up. I was going back and even referencing back to Psalm twenty-three. I walked through the shadow of the valley of the shadow. Of yeah, it's right. It's just a shadow. It's a, it's a shadow of a dog. Never bit anybody. Praise God. Oh yeah, thank you, Lord. There's hey, there's a reason He gives me notes to, <laughs> to write down. Notice that the very last part of Psalm ninety-one says. I will show him my, my salvation. salvation. We'll look at the end of verse 13 in Matthew 24. Those that shall endure until the end, the same shall be saved. They'll experience his salvation. The ones that stay under the shadow of the Almighty, all the way through all these things he just listed, they'll experience deliverance, protection, healing, prosperity, they'll experience all these things. It's not, that's what the word means. It's not escaping to heaven after you've been beat up all this, all through these things. No, it's experiencing salvation all the way through if you endure. Now, let's look at the second 
Um, oh, no, there I go, trying to move too fast again. John 17. Okay. All right. So I've actually, then, then this is one of the reasons this is in the notes, and we'll have just enough time to cover this, and then that'll be a good time for uh, next broadcast. So I've heard a lot of people say, you know, that's, that's stretching it. I don't think you can make those connections. He doesn't want us to be a part of, it, well, I mean, we're supposed to go through this. He just lifted all these things. We're supposed to endure as a good soldier, suffer these things. John chapter 17. Go ahead and turn over there. Starting with verse 14. I've give, given them thy word, and the world has hated them, because they are not of the world, even as I'm not of the world. I pray not that you should take them out of the world, but that you should keep them from the evil. They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. How much clearer do you need it? <laughs> hey, there's a lot of evil in this world. It is rampant. But we see right here. This Now listen, look at this. Back at the beginning of chapter 17, these words spoke Jesus, lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, he is praying. Okay, all right. Look at verse 20. Neither pray I for these alone, but for them also which shall believe on me through their words. <laughs> this is... This is their words. They wrote every one of them down. So he's not just praying for the disciple. He's praying for us. And he said, I pray not that you take him out of the world, but keep them from the evil in the, word, in the world by your word, your truth, which is your word. And now we know he's referencing the word of faith. So let's put that in there. Keep them from the evil. Sanctify or separate them through thy word of faith. So don't give me this. Uh, that's not what he was saying in Matthew 24 about being able to come triumphantly and victoriously through all those things. Yeah, yeah, there will be people that die. There will be Christians that are martyred through these things. It's, it plainly says there, and in Hebrews, it talks about people who do not accept deliverance so that they could receive a greater crown. Glory to God, these things are real and they work. But we've run out of time. So don't go anywhere, we'll be right back. I want you to see this and pay attention. I spent five years at a girls' uh, correctional facility, and then three additional years working for the government in the inner city of Nashville, Tennessee. And I was in the emergency child protective services unit. And I realized God was starting to put a dream on the inside of my heart because I knew that apart from Christ, there was no such thing as a life that could be changed. And finally, one day, I just heard the Lord speak to my heart. You've spent five years dealing with angry teenage girls, and now I'm taking you back in time and showing you what happened to them and why they're so angry. The three things that God's showed me to do, take young women and free of charge. They need to know that your love is pure, that you're not trying to make money off their problem. Secondly, God showed me 
Your needs will be met through your giving. And I want you to give at least 10% of what comes into your ministry, to other ministries and offerings when I tell you. And I will touch the hearts of people to become monthly partners or to, and to give offerings. And the third thing God showed me is I don't want you to ever take state or government funding or any other money with strings on it where they come in and say, you don't have the freedom to share Christ. Because without that freedom, the lives will not change. I was very obsessed with not feeling any emotion. When I started the suicidal phase in my life. When I was in third grade, I was molested at a sleepover at my friend's house. I tried my first line of cocaine and became addicted from that point on. I ended up getting pregnant and due to my alcohol addiction, I did lose the baby. This was all life was, like I was done with it. God has not given me a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. Whether they're addicts, eating disorders, sexually abused, sex traffic, it does not matter what the problem is. Jesus Christ is the answer. His name is above every name that can be named. When I first started in 1983, I remember feeling really excited. And I made the drive about eight hours or so there, eight and a half. And I prayed all the way there. I got there, and, and so I raised up a program director. I was there for seven years in Louisiana, came back to Nashville to open what was the second home. Then a few years later, we built uh, our three-story office building on the same property. Uh, after that, we added a home in St. Louis, Missouri, Sacramento, California, started international locations in the United Kingdom, New Zealand, Canada. We own property in the Panhandle of Florida. We plan on building a home there. And I have visions for other cities in the United States and other countries as well. But there's so many great things that are going on through the lives of the girls. I mean, literally, God is multiplying his, himself through the outreaches, all the things that these young women are doing in the United States and beyond. And really, mercy multiplied is a more accurate description of what's happening because all these years later, since 1983, we have thousands and thousands and thousands of young women that are out there doing great things because of what they experienced and the change that Christ did. He gave them a new heart and a new spirit, a new vision for their life, new purpose. It's a perfect description of what God does at Mercy every day, Mercy Multiplied. I think God's vision is just continued growth, continued expansion, more outreach programs like our, our Keys to Freedom study, which is to equip churches, to educate leaders, and us continuing to raise up more and more leaders from all the generations just so we can just see a perpetuation of what we're already doing continue. We're not done. We're just getting started. Hey, don't brush this aside now. Go over to Matthew 25, just one chapter over from where we've been studying. And look at verse 34. Then shall the king say unto them on his right hand, Come, you blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungered, and you gave me meat. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you took me in, naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came unto me. And basically the disciples said, When did we do all these things? And he said, Inasmuch as you have done it unto one of the least of these my brethren, you have done it unto me. Look, hey, it's Christmas. It's time to go over to Mercy Multiplied 
and give. So seed into that ministry so that the, they're helping these people, these young ladies, these, all these different women have better lives. And what a wonderful Christmas present that you can give to all of these ladies to bless them, to help them, to make their Christmas wonderful. Go over there and do it right now. Because you know, you love God, but not nearly as much as He loves you. And we love you. Demonstrate the love. And don't forget that Jesus is Lord. For more information about our ministry, contact us at davidweeder.org or call us at 1-800-988-5380.